Hannah Staver, and this is Ohio Politics Explained, a podcast where you give us 15 minutes and we give you all the news you need to sound smart and impress your friends when you go out this weekend. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Ohio Politics Explained, the Maybe We Should California, our Ohio edition. This week, we're explaining why an Ohio Republican wants to copy a law from California, why families might lose their food stamps, how a federal vote to protect abortion access failed, and how Donald Trump influenced last week's primary. Joining me this week is reporter Laura Bischoff. Welcome back to the show, Laura. Hey, Anna. Glad to be here. And if you hear a tiny human voice in the background, that's because I have my very own tiny human here with me in the studio. She doesn't want to say anything, but just in case. So let's dive right into our first topic, housing prices. If you live in central Ohio, you know home prices have been bananas in recent years. I used to live in Denver, and our home in Delaware is rising as much year over year as it did in Colorado. And one Ohio Republican thinks part of the reason for rising home prices is corporate investors. And so these are big name national companies that are buying thousands of single family homes across the state and turning them into rental properties. And this seems to be particularly true when it comes to what you might call entry level houses or houses at the bottom of the market. Yeah, it's interesting. Some of these investor-owned houses, um, uh, the investor-owned properties are quickly rising in percentages in most of the metro markets in Columbus, in um, in Ohio. Like Columbus, I think your story said that it, it rose from like six percent investor-owned back in 2015, and now it's up to fourteen percent in 2021, which is a pretty remarkable. Um, yeah. Leap in chunk right there. And and a lot of times these um, investors, um, you know, they had the cash is king when buying a house oh, these days. Yeah. And so um, they come in with, you know, a big, big old wad of money from Wall Street and they're able to uh, scoop up lots and lots of houses at, at once. And uh, this really kind of um, edges out the low income, the, the lower income or the entry level buyer. Um, and it, it can destabilize um, neighborhoods too. Yeah. So Senator Bill Blessing from the Southwest Ohio area, he's a Republican. And what his new bill would do was A, it would ban the practice of bulk buying. So when homes go into foreclosure and they get sold at auction, some of these companies come in and say, I'll take a hundred, like, I'm not kidding. Like I'll take a hundred houses and they work out a deal that and that's kind of impossible to compete with because you know the banks are like well we can get a hundred houses off our books all at once and so what his legislation would do is require individual purchase of homes but there would be priorities and tiered priorities so sometimes these homes already have renters in them like if your landlord stops paying the mortgage but you kept paying your rent so they would have the first option to buy If they said no, then somebody who wanted to own or occupy for at least a year would have an option. If they said no, it would go to like local governments and like housing nonprofits. And finally, those investors would be able to come in and make the purchase. You know, it's really interesting. I think that home ownership is is a cornerstone to the American dream and a pathway to financial stability. um, And generational wealth. And generational wealth, for sure. Um, And um, because of this trend, um, you know, that, that home ownership pathway is out of reach for a lot of Ohioans. Um, but I do think this into, this bill has got some challenges. The legislature is very much into property rights and, yeah. um, and, and free market. What do you think the chances are that it might pass? Well, he introduced it after what's called the April 1st deadline. This is kind of a gentleman's agreement in the legislature that says um, bills introduced before April 1 are guaranteed a hearing. But uh, Blessing said he is hopeful. He thinks it could have strong bipartisan support. He is a conservative Republican, but he thinks homeownership is something to be prioritized. So he is optimistic that he'll at least get some hearings. 
Yeah, and for the uninitiated, uh, the legislature runs on two-year cycles, and anything that's not passed by December 31st of this year dies in committee um, or dies having only passed one chamber. So anything introduced this late, pretty chancy whether or not it's going to make it through. So our second topic is the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or food stamps as we sort of generally know them. So during the pandemic, the federal government gave Ohio $120 million extra dollars per month to help with the sudden spike of people in need. Well, that's going away in July, and about 700,000 Ohio households are going to see their benefits cut or eliminated. Yeah, you know, this um, $120 million a month extra, it, 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 it makes up to be about $100 per person, which is really significant for folks who rely on oh, this program. Yeah. And uh, there's some GOP-led states that uh, withdrew early from this extra help, but Ohio did not. And keep in mind that this extra help is 100% federal funded. Right. And the thing to keep in mind, so food stamps theoretically are not supposed to be your only source of food, but the word supplemental is right there in the name. But in practice, many people only budget their food stamp allocation for groceries. And so if you've had $300 for two years and now you're going down to $200, that is going to change your purchase power pretty substantially, especially at a time when I know groceries have gone through the roof because of inflation. Yeah, it really is kind of coinciding at a, at a bad time, this um, elimination of this uh, extra SNAP benefit, Supplemental Nutritional uh, Assistance Program, the SNAPy acronym SNAP, <laughs> um, because there is that uh, the, the big inflation with groceries and um, and then the elimination of this program. And, you know, um, Lisa Hamler-Fugit from the Ohio Association of Food Banks says that, you know, seeing this money go away is really going to slam the pantries. And um, so they're asking for an additional, they're asking state lawmakers to approve an additional I think Titus Wu had in his story $183 million in American Rescue Plan money. Yeah, and that's also more federal money. Right, but um, there's not been a decision on that yet. Yeah. So our third topic is the U.S. Senate in Washington and the failed vote to protect abortion access nationwide. The legislation failed 49 to 51, and our senators voted exactly the way you would expect. Democratic Senator Sherrod Brown voted for the bill, and Republican Rob Portman voted against it. So it would have prohibited states from banning abortions before fetal violence Viability, which it, there's a little debate on when that is, but 23, 24 weeks is kind of where we're talking. And it would have eliminated mandatory waiting periods like the 24-hour one we have here in Ohio. So this did not pass. We kind of expected it not to pass. There's that 50-50 split in the U.S. Senate, and Senator Joe Manchin, the Democrat from West Virginia, voted against it. You know, there was a similar proposal like this um, that failed in February. And generally, I think the reason why they brought it back is because of the leaked um, proposed ruling on Roe versus Wade. And now the Democrats, the strategy is kind of get everybody on the record, all the senators on the record in an election year while Americans are thinking about this issue. Yeah, because when it comes to abortion, especially before fetal viability, polls tend to show that a majority of Americans are supportive of access, like that that um, support changes as you move past that 20-week mark. But in these sort of early stages, first trimester, you see a majority in support. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because the, the, the landscape in Ohio, um, I would say, you know, the legislature and the governor are very um, anti-abortion. Yes. Um, the heartbeat ban bill or heartbeat ban law is currently facing a legal challenge um, in federal court. But Governor DeWine said that he's going to ask Attorney General Dave Yost to go to court the day that the row... Um, we're assuming that Roe is overturned, right. the day that that happens, go to court, get that stay lifted so that the heartbeat ban, which is basically
basically a six-week ban goes into effect right away. And one thing I I always like to quickly point out, when we talk about a six-week ban, it is actually two weeks from conception um, because I, having been pregnant, find this really strange that you are technically, it is 40 weeks gestation, but it is a nine-month pregnancy, which means you are four-week pregnant at the moment of conception. Exactly. It's one of those weird ways of counting. There are, I would also know. You're not actually getting like six weeks to decide from the moment you conceive. You have like two weeks. It's a, it's a, it's a quick turnaround for sure. Um, And I would say that there were about 20,600 pregnancy terminations um, reported in Ohio in 2020. About 48% of them were via medication assisted terminations. So that's usually about nine weeks or earlier. It's pretty quick. Right. And our fourth and final topic is former President Donald Trump. So our colleagues, Jesse Balmert and Haley B. Miller looked into how Trump's influence played out in last week's primary. And in the federal races, um, you know, the candidates that Trump supported won overwhelmingly. But Trump's role in the governor's race was less cut and dry. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. The former president stayed out of the four-way GOP primary race, um, did not back uh, Governor DeWine or any of his challengers. And I would say that the governor's relationship with Donald Trump is it's not it's not combative like uh, John Kasich's. Um, Yeah. You know, (laughs) medium to to lukewarm. It's that cup of coffee that you left sitting out on your desk (laughs) for like an hour. Yeah, but you might still drink it. (laughs) So Governor DeWine served as uh, President Trump's um, co-chair for re-election bid in 2020, but he hasn't been at a, at a Trump rally in quite a while. I mean, some of that could be just because of COVID concerns. And Governor DeWine did acknowledge um, that Joe Biden won the election and that didn't that did not go over well with the with the Trump folks. So and I will note that in 2018, Mike DeWine threaded quite a needle because he got both Donald Trump's endorsement and John Kasich's. That's impressive. And one more thing before you go, Cincinnati's fantastic education reporter, Maddie Mitchell, took a deep dive this week into why teachers are leaving the profession. So from 2019 to 2021, educator resignations in Ohio quadrupled and there were five times as many retirement, according to her analysis. And she spoke with a lot of teachers firsthand. Like one said, and this really stuck with me, she said, I would come home and I would just have nothing left emotionally to give. It's a hard uh, profession. Friends of mine who are teachers uh, find that like during the school year, it is is super draining. I mean, there's always the argument, oh, well, teachers get the, they get the summer off, but I think they more than make up for it uh, during the school year. And, you know, I think they also kind of feel like it's a demanding job. The pay is not spectacular, particularly given how much education is required. And, um, you know, they, they have other options, other less stressful, um, higher respected, higher paid careers. All right. And if you want to learn more about any of the topics we covered, check us out online at any of the newspapers in our network, like the Telegraph Forum in Bucyrus. Their website is bucyrustelegraphforum.com. That's B-U-C-Y-R-U-S, telegraphforum.com. 